<laughs> Can I just say that must have been really fucked that whole situation? Like imagine from what meanness perspective? Yeah, imagine you're just sitting in your living room, like you're just enjoying your life, and then a song comes on the radio, and you're like, wait, didn't I? Didn't I tweet this? Didn't I write this in 2017? Like for me, I'd be I'd be pissed as well, but I just can't imagine that. That'd be wild. Mm. And then you can't buck her because it's not an artist like in, it's not a London artist. You can't buck her at a show and just be like, "Hey, <laughs> stole my lyrics, bitch! I'm 100 percent that bitch." You know, you didn't take the DNA test, but you sold the DNA test from me. But um, you can- Welcome back to another episode of Don't Let The Stands. You are here today with your host, Eats McKenzie and... Nicholas Sorrell. And Chopin. And it has been a very busy week in music. Been a very busy week for me in general. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. No, not too bad. Busy week. Um, looking forward to the weekend. We're actually recording on Friday today, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, busy week, busy week, as Eden echoed just a moment ago. Um, how are you, Chopin? I'm good. And that's what you're doing? That's correct, okay. as always. Um, I would say for me, it's been a very tough week, but we move, as they say. Um, we stopped that in 2020. Like, what, I'm saying we move? It. Yeah, I'm kind of over it. All right, so we're still. Um, mm. <laughs> we're you know standing. what? That should actually be. We're working through the shit. <laughs> that like, should, no, no, real talk, joke aside, I actually like that. We still. We still. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was such power. No, though. but like every like sometimes pause. Like <laughs> no, but sometimes we need to be still, and that's my <laughs> problem with me in the moment. Because people just be moving. Do you have the direction that you're moving in? Have you coped? Have you dissected? But I remember what has happened. Someone triggered me on Twitter. Like someone said, every day we move, but have you actually gone anywhere in the last three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm seeing. You know, that's what I'm saying. Y'all niggas be moving, but where you moving? I like where that. You moving? We still. Someone, I like that. You know a tweet that made me laugh? Someone was like, are you actually doing the work so that you can actually feel imposter syndrome? I was just like... Screaming. I was like, why are people screaming at me on the internet? <laughs> I don't even know you, sir. Well, <laughs> I got to work harder. <laughs> Boy. But yeah, um, as I was saying, busy week. Um, but we're here today, and that means that Saturday and Sunday are free, which is good. Um, hopefully everyone that's listening has had a good week uh, we have a lot of topics to get through today possibly something else outside of um, normal news topics as well but we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens with the time so yes as always we're going to discuss what we've been listening to for the last week and first things first is um, Robert Glass but he dropped his newest project called Fuck Your Feelings it's his first mixtape and um, it's, a, it's quite the star-studded project. And that's not a surprise because all his projects are. Anyone who's been a fan of him for the last 10, 12 years, but especially in recent years with Black Radio, the Black Radio series. But I'm just going to go through some of the features. There's Denzel Curry, Wabi and Corday, Mick Jenkins, Yeba, Bridget Kelly, Sir, uh, most deaths on this project, uh, Terrace Martin. So like... Some really, really great features on the project. So I was very excited when I saw this was coming out because um, I it's been I been a while since he dropped some new music. If I'm not mistaken, I think his last project 
was art science and I was 2016 and um so yeah it was great to just have him back in the fold and um once again my guy Robert Glasper by the way guys before I go into this this project if you haven't seen him live what are you doing with your life I've been to many shows in my life Robert Glasper is hands down top five shows I've been to he was phenomenal when I saw him Coco 2017 2016 whenever it was he was amazing but yeah no this game this project um yeah so it's very much what we've grown to love from Robert Glasper his last project was very experimental very in the lane of like working with like electronic sounds and funk but still kind of, it was like very much like a jazz fusion album but this album kind of brings it back to his traditional core of um jazz jazz rap neo soul hip-hop and it's just a really great project and you kind of just get thrown straight into it like just off the bat it's just a really good really great strong material strong songs like he's an excellent form with his pianist skills and the features just really bring out the best in the song so Yeba killed her feature on the title track fuck your feelings so and bridget kelly duet on a song called what's that called what is that called it is called all i do i think one of my favorite songs is the mick jenkins track called let me in that's a really great song oh yeah denzel curry and buddy are on this changes everything like and I, when i saw that so denzel curry um and buddy robert glassman whoa what's it gonna sound like so yeah i don't really have much to say on this it's just a really good project i will say that i do think it's a bit too long it's 19 tracks and although i do like every song individually as a whole comprehensive list it kind of can start to kind of um become background noise after tw track 12 13 so i wish it was a bit more focused but i guess it's a mixtape and i guess he really took it back to i guess the um prescriptive means of what a mixtape used to be so like just a whole sprawling track listing but yeah robert glasper so i'm just gonna go through some of my favorite songs on that project so like i said let me in featuring mick jenkins fuck your feelings featuring yeba oh yes endangered black woman featuring andre day that's an incredible song incredible incredible song um all i do i want you and yeah those are my favorite songs and secondly we have so i got back into rhapsody's eve this this week i don't know why it just kind of happened so I did mention her like a month or two ago. I didn't really have much to say because I just, I had like listened to it and I liked it, but it was kind of like, yeah. But now that I actually have, I've actually listened to this probably like every day this week, like going to work, at work, my way home from work in the shower. Like I really feel like I've taken this album in and I really understand when people say that she's dropped one of the best rap albums of the year. Like she's really outdone herself and kind of similar to what's about little sims's recent project i feel like she's making the transition into actually you know being more than just a good lyricist and a good rapper not to say that lele's wisdom wasn't amazing because it was but i think that there was a, a focus on making sure that she delivered great bars and maybe feeling the pressures of not being a sexualized rapper so just to really come through with the content but sometimes I felt, I don't know if Nick and Eden agree, it might have been at the extent, sorry, at the expense of personality and good music. But I'm not saying that I did love her last album, but this I kind of feel like she just kind of is, she's much more comfortable and it's just like, she just had gone to the studio, vibed with Ninth Wonder, who is one of the goats, by the way. Ninth Wonder, shout out to you, love your work. And yeah, she just made a really good project. And obviously every song is um, named after um, a black woman so the songs there about Tara Banks, Iman, mm. Miralee Evers, uh, Michelle Obama, 
Nina Simone, Leah, uh, which unfortunately samples the race of Sabrina Claudia, which I think is very ironic, but hey, you know, whatever. But um, can yeah. I, can I just on. comment on the point that you made about her being just free with the music on this album? I think in the past that it's, it's so irritating because obviously women have to do this, but men don't. She constantly has to prove that she's a rapper. Yep. And she constantly has to prove that she, has she shouldn't have to. No, the compliment shouldn't be you're good for a woman. Mm. It should be that you make good music. Mm. Exactly. That's how I place Little Sims this year. Like I've said, she's better than Skepta this year lyrically. Dave, I still think she stands tall. The project is better. I don't class her in the the element of just women. Mm. Uh, I'm mm. consciously, 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 because we're all working, we're all overcoming, we're all um, out learning old concepts. And I'm really trying, because you know me and women in hip hop, I have a big fascination. I'm always trying to just class them in the realm of men and how they fit into that landscape as well. And how men fit in the landscape with women as well. I compare albums both ways. Mm, the same way I've mm. done intentionally this year, just made sure, you know, Little Sims, I want her to be on the same slow tie, Dave, mm, you know, let's see mm. how you did comparatively with all f figures of hip hop and rap, like not just for a woman or mm. Zephlon Dodds doing this for a woman oh, or whatever. No. It's just like, no, good or bad, you know, because <laughs> you know, that's all good or bad against men or women, you know. So I think that's a really good point to, to kind of raise as well. So yeah. yeah, consciously on my level, I'm trying to overcome that. Yeah. Um. So what I was saying was um, I think the reason that um, she's finally being herself on this album is she doesn't really care anymore. And I think that's really important because a lot of the time, we're like when women are rapping, people are like, oh, like if we think of... Um, Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri, that's it. Mm. Um. I think it's good that women are like, fuck you, we don't care anymore. Like, we're just going to make whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, it's been like, okay, I have to make like a proper lyrical song now to prove to the men that mm -hmm. I, I can do this and I can do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rhapsody knows she's sick. Mm -hmm. And she knows like she's going to spread the love back to back black women rather than try to impress black men. Mm. And I think that's very important. Mm. But I just wanted to add that too. But to add to that saying. point about the whole major free thing there actually are some songs in here which aren't so heavy content wise like the song michelle is just about mm. having a good time going out getting drunk with your friends and the refrain is time to go to big old butt mm. so much so got a big old butt so it's like and it's just like people may expect that from like a, a cardi or a, mm. um, or a megan but like rhapsody even though this isn't her, like her general to range like she also can have these carefree fun random songs about nothing but obviously there are juxtaposed with songs like merrily and um sojourner oh my god j cole and sojourner fam <laughs> <laughs> that song like i said i've played it every day this week this album so whenever like whenever that's and it's like track 14 15 when it comes on and i hear the da 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, J. Cole. Oh, I, uh, it's just like, and the production, his verse was phenomenal on that song. He, and he opened that song, like, Rhapsody doesn't come into like two minutes in. He killed that, oop, that song. And I don't care, you niggas, like, oh, J. Cole's boring. I, the music is good. You know, it was a couple of minutes of straight fire. He was killing, he killed that song. And um, shout out to PJ Morton on a, um, 
Fenny. Shout out to yeah, Merrily. I love that song. I love that song, and that song means a lot to me because I just think that. So if you don't know, Merrily Evers was the wife of Medgar Evers, a civil rights activist in the '60s, and um, his story is just so so sad, so heartbreaking. If you didn't know that, so he was assassinated like most activists of the '60s, and. He was refused entry into the first hospital that they went to because he was black. So I just like think that oh, so he's really just been shot in the back. But mm. you know, I go to a hospital like oh, sorry, no niggas last like. I kind of wonder like, would he still be alive if that first hospital just is yeah? So she really really broke down what that must have been like from her perspective being a widow. But yeah, so yeah, that's so that song aside from it being like a great song that just stood out to me because I just think that that whole story with Medica Evers is just it's just every time I read about him, it, it's like fucking fucking i hate humans but anyways that's rhapsody's album really great project so my some of my favorite songs on this album are Aaliyah featuring the racist um Mirily, michelle aman um and of course i said sojourner featuring j cole and i just must say sir and jid do more work together we need to do more work together i really like i, I really like hearing voices together if i'm not mistaken they did they have they both are featured on the Chicago Kids album on one song. I think it's called Getaway. They work well together. So, sir, JD, more work, please. Thanks. Anyway, um, those are my listens for the week. Robert Glasper, Rhapsody, check them out. Hugo next? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So, first I've got Kano. So, I went back to Kano's album, um, Hoodies All Summer. So, two weeks ago, Steph spoke about um, Kano's album. And um, I went back to it when she mentioned it. So I sat down, listened to it. I listened to it on the train this morning. And I don't think I actually gave it a fair chance, to be honest. And that's not because I don't value Kano. It's just because I didn't really sit down and absorb it like I should have. And I love it. I love every single song on it so far. I had a pretty interesting conversation um, with a few people um, in my like group chat and stuff like that. And we were talking about like our first introduction to UK rap. And um, one of my friends made the comment that um, they didn't feel like UK rap was something for them, something they couldn't really understand. Mm. And um, because they come from a background that doesn't reflect the lifestyle that was spoken within that. Um, and I kind of related to that. And I think that's why I like artists like Loyal Kana so much. Um, and that's not to say because I don't like hearing about other people's realities. It's just because Loyal Kana is able to rap about things like love and um, very simple everyday things um, and a lot of the content that um, that's kind of pushed in your face by labels are a lot of black trauma and um, I think it's important that we remember that there's stuff outside of that as well and it's interesting on this album Kano seems to take the point of a spectator of um, Newham so on one point of the song um, Trouble I think it was um, where he at the end of it he just goes what the fuck happened to Newham and um, in Top Boy itself, it talks about gentrification. So he plays the character Sully in Top Boy. Um, I know we have American listeners as well. Um, Kano mm. plays Sully. Um, and at the end of Top Boy, there's this thing about how they're trying to gentrify the area. And then um, a major topic within this album is gentrification, is knife crime, is all of kind of the, um, the topics of being black or, yeah, actually being black within the UK. And... Um, I found this album was like a massive step in the right direction for what I wanted to hear right now. I feel like I needed to hear something like that because Kano was basically like, okay, all these things are happening, but I am not changing. Um, mm. And he's basically talking about how all of these knife crime events and everything that's happening is really just taking away the money that we could be earning. Um, 
And I think that's fairly interesting. I was listening to um, Rapman um, talk about his new movie, Blue Story, which is a previous um, kind of like song that he made. He makes like rap stories on um, SBTV, like full stories where they're like rapped out lyrics and stuff. Um, and he was talking about how um, he feels like the movie that's coming out is going to influence people and change the way that they interact with um, uh, kind of like knife crime and fighting for land that they don't actually own and postcodes and stuff like that. So the general discussion that I'm kind of into right now and hearing is like people want to focus more on making money. And I think that's a very interesting conversation at the moment. It kind of highlights the system that we're in, where it's either make money or die, essentially. Um, but Kano, this album is incredible. Um, Suck Your Mom is a song that I'm going to use as a meme. Um, my friend Alex has done that already, but I'm definitely going to do it. I also love Teardrops. I think that's a fucking incredible song. Um, and the song with um, Kojo Funds called Pan Fried. So those are my favorite songs on the album. Definitely check it out if you can. Next, we have Wale. So, wow, that's crazy. Um, I love this album. I haven't loved previous songs by Wale or albums. Um, I've struggled. I'm going to admit I've struggled. The Moon album wasn't for me. You know the one with the moon on the front? I didn't like that. Um, I liked uh, Mixtape about, about Nothing. I liked... Um, the album about Nothing was good as well. Oh, was it? I think it's the, is it the album about No, nothing? there's a mixtape and an album. Oh, okay. There's the album yeah. about Nothing and the mixtape about Nothing. Um, one of my favorite like rap songs is the breakup song by Wale. I just love the combination of the beat and the lyrics and like breaking up is hard to do. Something is even harder. Do you like his first album? What was it called? Nicholas. Forgot. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> guys, like I'm frazzled. I just remember there was a song in there with J. Cole and Fiona called Beautiful Bliss. I can't remember. That was a... M- I used to rinse that song. I can't remember. Beautiful Bliss. Check it out guys. Why let J. Cole and Fiona? Banger! <laughs> um, I can't remember but this album for me was really good. I love... deficit. What? <laughs> Attention deficit. That was the name of the album. Oh, okay. Um, but in terms of the features on this, they're amazing. So he has Bryson Tiller. He also has um is Jeremiah on this? Am I making a mistake? Yeah. yeah, Jeremiah's on this as well. Um and he also has off the top of my Oh, he has Little Dirk on here. I thought it was Roddy Rich to begin with, but it's Little Dirk. Um and I love that song. I love the way he comes in on the chorus, like halfway through the chorus. Um and I would definitely recommend this album if you're looking for a good time. But yeah, definitely check out the album if you can. And lastly, do I have a lastly? I went back to a song by Alicia Keys. Which Interesting. I can't remember. So was it a song you've heard before? Yeah, it was a song that she said was originally for her grandma, but people so think... So like, you'll never see me again. Is that it? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I love that song. Um, I was sitting in my feelings on that one on the train at 9am. It was frost on the window. I've listened to a bit of Alicia Keys over the past few weeks, actually. I've actually been revisiting her albums. I don't know why. It's such a shame. Shame that what? That she's recently just fallen off. Recently? She fell off after um, New York State of Mind, in my opinion. No, she didn't. Yeah, she had a number one album after. She had two number one albums after. I'm not talking about sales. I'm talking about quality. She started to yell, and I just didn't... I wasn't She was it. yelling before that, too. Mm, no. I feel like she really cared about her music before New York, New York State of Mind, and then suddenly she just became this really commercial artist, and I just really didn't like her music after, after state of After State of Mind, that's when she became... Okay. In my opinion, that's what I think. Because when I started to... Didn't you say your favorite album is The Element of Freedom? When By I her. Just, no. I remember we. this was like maybe a year or two ago. Alicia Keys' best album is The Element of Freedom. I like, know the fuck it's not. Me? Yes, it was you. I would never say that. Well, you. Well, The Element of Freedom. That's correct. I did not say that. 
And I said, the correct, there's only two correct answers, songs in A minor, or the real correct answer, the Diary of Alicia Keys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have agreed with you on the Diary, diary of Alicia Keys. You argued with me, sir. Me? <laughs> yes, you did. I think you're thinking of someone else. No, it I... was you. Me? Yes, it was in the same time you were discussing that Miguel doesn't have good up-tempo songs. And it was I also, remember that And it was also the same conversation where you didn't rate Self-Control by Frank Ocean. That's not me, because I do rate that song. That's not no, me. No, now you do. No, I always do. No, no, no. no that no. was one of my favorite no. songs on the album. You said to me, we were discussing Blonde and discussing what our favorite tracks was. And I said, Self-Control by my boy, like, really? No. So, no. so it's better. Then you went back to it, and like, three days later, like, oh, I realized Self-Control Self, no, is Self one of the best songs. Self-Control is one of my favorites. Yes, it was now. Always, no, it was always one of my favorite songs on yeah, the album. It is. Yeah, it's always now. Nick, what are you listening to? Because <laughs> I can't <laughs> Oh, so. but nights though, nights. <laughs> so, this. No, wait, hold on. I would not have said okay, nights was better than self control. Yes, sleep now nice. you wouldn't. No, I would have now. Never. I don't like nights. But because of my influence, what? You've now changed. I would have never liked. I don't like nights. Okay, sure you do. Okay. I don't like nights. Okay, the receipts are on WhatsApp. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Sorry, Nick. Do your thing. Ooh. <laughs> sorry, I was just reading news, guys. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> so, there's a debate going on. Anyway, um, so the first song that I listened to this week was Kylie Jenner, Rise and Shine. Anyone? Did anyone hear that? Went viral. Was that actually a song? Yeah, it became a song. No. <laughs> what Someone fuck? made it a song on what? SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, yeah. No, I'm joking, guys. Rise and no, Shine. I'm joking, yeah. But um, that made me laugh this week, even though I hate the Jenners and the Kardashians. Yep, waste of time. Death. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that made me laugh. But um, no, I didn't actually listen to the full thing. I'm only joking. But um, what I've been listening to this week has been a really quiet week. So I'm just going to say Ice Cube's America, um, America or Ameri KKK ours most, most wanted, wanted um which is a phenomenal album mm-hmm. um obviously it saw him go into political rap gangster rap um all of that kind of jazz the west coast love was in the building throughout um i definitely think he's a great spitter like people don't give him his credit at all but his early discography was great um and i think he definitely had a different persona in the rap and hip-hop landscape than he does now um and I think, yeah, I think he contributed to that whole West Coast um, continuum and that build up of the West Coast sound um, and definitely was a part of the political rap landscape, like 100 percent one of the arcs and pivotal kind of members of that. Um, him as an individual and him as a group member as well. But I think that he, yeah, in this album, I really fuck with a lot of it. It was one of the longer albums of that generation. It stands at 16 songs long. Um and it was released by Priority Records and he was um, a member of that label for quite a bit. So I think that some of my favourite songs across this album are Turn Off The Radio, um, A Gangster's Fairy Tale, um, America's Most Wanted, so the title track. And um, I'm going to say The Drive-By. Um, it stuck to me a lot. I think he played with his words and flow a lot in that song as well. So I think, you know, Ice Cube is one of those people that just I don't think gets the love and credit in history as he should as an individual. So, yeah, Ice Cube was on a lot of this week. It was on from like Wednesday and a lot of yesterday as well. Um, Played it both on my speakers and my headphones. So, yeah, that's pretty much me for the week. It's been a very quiet week. I'm getting to that stage, as I said last week, I'm just bombarded. I cannot be bothered. Um... There's a couple albums that dropped, uh, like Cash Dolls Stacked, that I need to get into. 
um, and Eli Solstray, of course, as you guys know, I mentioned him on season one. Um, I need to get into his album as well. So I'll have some reviews for you next week with that. So we will move and take it into the news. So let's get into some news, folks. This week's been quite a busy week on both sides of the Atlantic, um, some political and some musical related topics. Let's start with some Summer Walker. So um, Eden introduced the album to the show a couple of weeks ago, um, or maybe it was a week ago, given a little bit of a review and an overview. But she is in the news for the same album for breaking a couple records. OK, so um, let's start off with saying that the debut by the Atlantic, uh, Atlanta sorry, based singer is the most streamed album by a woman R&B artist ever. So, um, yeah, Summer Walker is celebrating that huge feat with the debut album over it. Um, It launched and was released on October 4th and charted at number two on the Billboard 200 charts after shifting a hefty 134,000 equivalent album units. So that is combined with both streams and physical buys, okay? Um, Billboard notes that the songs from the album included Gold's Need Love and Usher Collaboration Come Through were streamed approximately 154.7 million times in the week following its release. This makes it the most streamed R&B album by a woman artist of all time. The record previously was held by Beyonce's Lemonade when it dropped in 2016. Lemonade's physical copies meant that Beyonce still moved 202,000 units in the week dated May 28th, 2016, its third week on sale. The only R&B album in history to be streamed more times in a week than over it is The Weeknd's 2016 album Starboy, which was played an 175.2 million times upon its release. So that's slightly more than Summer Walker's over it. Despite the impressive numbers, over it still missed out the top spot um, behind the K-pop group Super M. Their first mini album sold 168,000 units, which was slightly higher than over it, in part by a number of bundle deals, which he spoke about last week, which are kind of like merchandise and equivalent units um, accounting to the album sales. So what do you guys think of over it? Summer Walker's set setting this new feat in the streaming arena and physical album unit. Uh, so what do I think about this? Um... From what I've seen from people's reactions, a few people are annoyed about the whole streaming situation and um, overtaking previous artists. Um, So, I mean, that's an argument. In terms of how I feel, I like the album personally. I thought it was really good. Um, It was what I wanted it to be. It was short in length. Mm. Um, The songs were good. She didn't sample too many songs, in my opinion. There were two samples on it. Um, And I thought it was a good project, personally. I didn't know it would be this huge, though. I didn't know her fan base were that big. I didn't know people would well, interact. Well, it's not. Let me 14K. Actual, actual sales. What, pure sales? Yeah. Physicals. Physicals. But then streaming-wise. Like, bought. So what do you kind of feel pushed people to listen to it, then? It's the same thing with everything. Like, well, first of all, I'll say that Summer Walker makes um, Twitter millennial R&B. I'll say that she makes her music, her subject matter is perfectly catered to the late night tweets, the indirects, the men are trash, I just want to be a hoe kind of vibe. She's kind of like almost the the antithesis of Megan Thee Stallion. I like thought you were going to say to Drake, because that's what Drake was back in the day with his no, music. No, antithesis. So like she basically is like the opposite. I know what it means. So how so how is in Drake? terms of gender. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, thematically. Oh, okay. I mean, like, thematically. But then, 
So, but yeah, it's the same with anything. Like with streams, it's so accessible. Anyone can go on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and press play for a couple of seconds. So, there is obviously been massive interest in her, which I kind of don't know where it's come from, but it's everyone kind of she's kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment. So people are curious. Even even I was curious, even though I kind of felt her previous projects were just okay. Yeah, same. And even this album, I still feel like it's just okay. Like there are songs that I like. There's songs that I even played today, but people who are just like acting like it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread and it's 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 not it's very different to what she's released previously is it well in terms of i feel like she was like i don't know i feel like she really was more creative on this album i feel the opposite really i feel like that clear ep which i can't i, I feel like of all the projects that's been my favorite i wouldn't say i'm a fan of her music mm. like i mean I, she's cool she's cool She's nice. That's but that's, these these base compliments. That's what they are. Like or as you can see, I'm not really being verbose the way I was about. Like I would be about Ari or mm. Sir or someone else. I got very bored of clip of clear. But I feel like those four songs were generally better in quality than most of the songs in this project. Is that due to length? Is that due to no? Just they're just better songs. Okay, that's fair enough. But um. Yeah, so, you know, I'm happy for her, you know. I'm just happy. To, I'm, I think the one thing I can take from this is that I'm just very happy that R&B is coming back into mainstream mm. conversation. Mm. Although I do wish it was with an other artist leading that, but, you know, hey-ho, what mm. can we take you know, small wins? Would you say she's leading the revolution into... No. So who do you think is leading it? Because um, you said you wish she wasn't leading it. Well, in terms of, the, obviously, in terms of a sales streaming standpoint, in terms of the newer R&B artists, she definitely is one of the leaders. But I guess overall, I guess culturally and in terms of actually like renewed interest and renewed vibe, I would definitely, would, I probably would say her. I would say her is leading. I feel like, cause, whereas Summer Walker, I feel like, what well, everyone's on her dick right now, but I do feel like everyone that's on her has a genuine appreciation for her as music and her talent. Whereas I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like, I kind of feel like Summer will just be like a trend, a phase. I don't really know if I see longevity for Summer. How long has she been around for? Nicholas. A couple years. Okay. So it's not really a trend then? Well, in some ways, because this is like her biggest moment. Like, But it's her first album. No, but she's had two other projects. And, in, and we're in the age now where albums... Aren't okay. the big aren't the big event anymore? So you can mm. you can blow off a mix, mm. you can blow off an EP. So this is like her third or fourth project, and suddenly everyone's on her dick. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Gazi loved it, had some steam because of Drake, but like generally it's because the, of Drake. Yeah, that's, it went top forty because of Drake. Okay, that song wasn't doing anything before he jumped on. Hmm. Chart wise, anyway. Um, Whereas, like, I feel like when her came out, I feel like even Ari now, like, I feel like even that, that's I feel like. The interest in her is like it seems more genuine and more like there's a there's like a it, like there's like there's just a just love for her as an artist and has some music and it's not just oh because she's popping on Twitter or she's funny it's just like people just seem to just fuck with her and I feel like mm -hmm. someone is just like just yeah I don't know Nick what are your thoughts um. Okay, first of all, sorry. <laughs> um, first of all, um, I think there's a lot of ego in the conversation with Summer Walker. I think there's a lot of hate for where R&B 
has come from and where it's going or where facets of it are going. I saw a lot of old heads like really just their ego was in the play. And it was like they were using the ego to kind of fuel someone was a placeholder for their ego, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and I feel like with Summer, she fits into that Bryson. I've said this before. She fits into that Bryson, Tory. Um, sample artist no not if it's not it's, forget the sample point that I made it just in terms of the moods the vibe that kind of R&B and kind of like traps she could be a woman trap soul she's like she could be you know slack black whatever in that lane the black Bryson Tory Lanes. just just call it for namesakes trap soul let's just call it that she's in the kind of trap soul pocket party next door there you go that's who I was thinking of that kind of pocket like they would fit together perfectly they could all be on a song together and it would just work you know um and I think with Summer I did like the clear EP as Shoppe said as well I really did like that from her I feel like she found her niche she found what part of her sound the audiences really grapple to the most and that is the kind of trap soul sound she latched onto it she worked with London on the track who obviously she's dating and they came up with this project and it, it did what it had to do I think she has had an upward trajectory I've seen it naturally I feel like it's she, I don't feel like Shopee said she just blew out of nowhere I've seen a very calculated moves in terms of social media I'm not saying out of nowhere but I'm what I'm saying is that f the Girls You Love did like make some moves that had some buzz but yeah. they kind of quietened down and then now the album's coming and I was just like mm. was I kind of just kind of feel like there's kind of been holes mm. I feel trajectory. like that song arguably got her audience to listen to her mixtape and get them ready and then the album came and then people were like okay let's just see what the interest is now because Girls Need Love obviously as you said Drake helped it you know get to the top of the charts that was earlier this year and then people were waiting for the album and I feel like see that's the thing the I don't summer, know if I I don't know if I agree with that I kind of feel like which part I feel like there's definitely a large chunk of the streamers who were definitely there from the girls need love point and then i feel like her team have done very well with their social media campaign in the run-up to her album and then the stuff like the telephone boxes mm -hmm. in the different cities and mm -hmm. stuff like that to then grapple on the the other audiences and then i think there's a little enclave of that audience who listened because of the usher sample which was the pr spin and then other song um other features who were on there like black's audience obviously he's very got a clearly established um cultivated audience and Bryson and all those kind mm -hmm. of people helped mm -hmm. her get the last chunk of the mm -hmm. streams. So I think it's a compilation of things, but I definitely think I've seen a natural, I don't think it's just a moment that's come out of nowhere for me. I've definitely seen moves to advance and get people on board where they needed to off the ship, if that makes sense, and interested. So yeah, for me, it didn't come from nowhere. Maybe that's just because I've, I've watched it a bit more, but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of ego in play. I definitely feel like with her, obviously, there's been other artists like her before. There's been Bryson. There's, as I've just mentioned, Party Next Door, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like there's generally just more of a hate or a disdain. Not you, not you, not you. I've seen much worse online. So um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are fans of older school R&B um, who don't necessarily like this trap soul facet of R&B who hate that she overtook the trend via streams and i think the whole streaming point i think we've mentioned it in the podcast before it's just a marker of the times there are going to just be some artists that are just gonna just sell more via streaming whether that's because people are lazy whether that's because the physical players like people just don't do that anymore maybe they just connect their apple 
or their Spotify to the car instead of this. I think there's just a lot. This is, we're in this period of transition and until it kind of simmers down and we kind of get the full matrix of what's going on, it's just a state of transition. And I, I think we just have to wait and see. It is a shame. I do like a physical CD as well. But, um, you know, it just, it just is what it is. It is what it is. I'm happy for her. She hasn't done anything wrong. Like, you know, the album, it is what it is. It's a mood, you know, it's a mood, whatever. Um, winter time, you know, winter wonderland is definitely the accompaniment okay. project for that. You know, when the relationships <laughs> end in spring. You do you know what I haven't heard that. you say in a long time? Um, Rich sex. I haven't heard you haven't say that. I haven't said rich sex. We've kind of moved on from that. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, we've moved on from that. You know, shout out to Fendi slash Nikki. Ganja bones, ganja bones. Anyway, um, Summer Walker Wall, yeah, she released at the right time as well. I definitely think she released at the right time. It's the great accomplishment to winter season. So, um, yeah, and I'm happy there's, do you know what I'm happy about this year? That there's so many different types of R&B that I've heard this year. And, you know, all are getting different forms of visibility anyway. They can all coexist. Yeah. So it's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful to see. Um, and I love that Lucky Day co-wrote Ari Lennox's BJ the Chicago Kids mm-hmm. remix. Mm-hmm. Like, I love mm-hmm. that this is what I love. Like, and mm-hmm. Ari interviewed Summer for Apple. I just love that they all don't give a shit. They're mm. all working together. They're all like, fuck it. Like, we good. Like, Ari, Summer, we're doing what we're doing over there. Um, Lucky BJ, you know, we'll help each other out. I, I just, you know, that's how that's how we love to see it. The industry. I just want to make it clear that I, I don't hate someone. I'm not also. coming at you. I've seen there's a specific editor I'm coming at. We could talk about it off air. But, but in ge- no, but in general, I know. I want to make it clear that I don't dislike her. I just my issue is nothing to do with the trap song because I love Bryson Tiller. Mm. I love Black. My issue isn't about Trap Soul or the sound of the old versus new because. Oh no! I'm definitely disclaimer. Was not coming at Shop Over. My my thing is. I just don't, I just think music, she's, she's overrated, regardless of what she sounds like, yeah. regardless of what she does as a person. Like, I have an issue with her, but I just think her mm. music is overrated. That's all. Nothing, okay. to, nothing to do with anything culturally or with the R&B scene. It's just, I just Death think- not coming at you, though. I just think there 100%. are other, there are you know other artists who music than her. I don't understand why people have an issue with the whole streaming thing. Because music is gonna evolve naturally. I don't really understand why people are like, oh, streaming has ruined the music industry mm-hmm. when it comes to things like um, charting and stuff like that. Naturally, the way we interact with music was gonna change. Do you I, know what it is? I think it comes from the, and I'm just kind of conscious of what I said. It, it comes from the, I think you just had to do more to get a vis- physical album versus a stream. Yeah. And I think, I'm not wholly convinced that the industry has come up with the exact equivalent of what a stream versus a physical yes. equals. Yeah, I think that's where, that's where maybe the discontent comes from. So I don't mind streaming, period. Mm-hmm. But I think that some people might have a critical lens mm-hmm. when it comes from what it took to get a physical sale and that count as a whole unit versus what online a little play mm, mm, and then it suddenly mm, builds up to add to this mm, stream and that's, lo- that's what that, and that's also, where i think it comes from it's not is that but to add on to that is also the volume of sales so going selling 10 million albums back in the day versus selling 10 million now is a much different thing it's a much different thing if you went platinum back then that was actually a million people leaving their house 
getting the bus or the car or the train to go into the store and buy the album, whereas... To then throw at Kerry Hilson. Hmm? What? Say it again? Nothing. Kerry Hilson didn't sell 10 million copies. No, but He said to then throw at Kerry Hilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas now, someone can just... Like, Chris Brown... So, using Chris Brown's mm. Chris Brown told his fans when his last album came out to just leave his album on, on repeat on Spotify so he can stream as much numbers to get to number one. So, it's like... So anyone any can just press play. Even mm. me, who doesn't listen like his music anymore, I can just check it out for a couple of hours and then that will count towards the sale. It's not the same thing, mm. in my opinion, because whether you like the album or not, you made a vested interest to actually buy the project. Whether you liked it or not in the end, but you bought it, whereas I can just try it on. I can check it out. And I hope it's not for me, but it still it counts as a sale. So, mm. and also, so a random point. I don't know what this interview was, but this point has stuck with me since, like, Mariah Carey did an interview. I don't know wh- wh- who it was with, but she made a very good point. She said, I don't really think people take into account how much work it took to build an audience in her day. Whereas Mariah Carey. Oh, Mariah Carey. Like, how much, what it took to really build an audience back in the day. Like, to actually build a fan base, especially a worldwide fan base. So look at someone like her who has, like, millions of fans across the world, like, whereas now it's just, like, it's just so... It's kind of like it's just so easy. Mm. It's just so easy now. Like so, so much little work has to be done, and obviously that is a, a case of the sign of the times. But I just kind of feel like, like Nick said, the industry hasn't really worked out the equivalent, the the real equivalent of what streaming would be versus an album sale. And it kind of just goes into the whole: this person broke Michael Jackson's record. This person broke Elvis's record. Like no, but mm, okay. But it's interesting that you both kind of understand the fundamentals but you come to two different conclusions because when i think of music obviously i think of shopping as the old head and then nick slightly newer school of your approach to it but you said you don't mind streaming numbers and stuff and you're kind of of the opinion that when people compare it to like past sales and stuff like that that's when it's not fair it's yeah not i don't mind it when they get it right mm-hmm. yeah my streaming period like as a practice like yeah, as same. A fundamental like it's actually really easy for me yeah it helps me out like physically 100%. i don't have time to go after work to get these do you know what i mean mm. but um i just think that they need to work out the equivalent and then i'll like then i think everyone around the world will be just like yeah okay they definitely did break that record then yeah yeah but um okay yeah is what it is. But yeah, Summer Walker, well done. Um, and she's got a couple shows next week, which some of my friends are going to. So and enjoy. Sold, the ticket sold out very quickly. Three days. Yeah. Like apparently in two minutes, she sold out one of the venues. So, you know, you know, all people want to hear her, you know. Mm. Um, so let's move to oh, Atlantic Records. Okay, so um, Atlantic Records. So last yeah, a photo of Atlantic Records UK president Ben Cook in blackface at a staff fancy dress party was posted on Facebook.com. The party, which took place seven years ago, was themed to guests, musical icons, um, was attended by Cook dressed as a member of Run DMC, the all-black American hip-hop group, if you didn't know. The photo was then swiftly deleted and Cook was subsequently disciplined. On Wednesday, October 16th, Cook stepped down from his position at the label where he has worked for um, 12 years at present. The British rapper Stormzy, um, who is signed to Atlantic Records, was reported to have threatened to quit the label in a protest. According to The Sun, which I don't rate as a credible platform, 
um, Stormzy banned Cook from standing near the stage at his headline Glastonbury performance oh, in God. June and is said to have told senior figures at Warner Music, the parent company of Atlantic, that he would leave the label if Cook was not fired. So Warner Music, however, has denied that the rapper had any hand in Cook's resignation. That's simply not true. A spokesman told Music Business Worldwide, no artists were involved in our decision making. Cook, who is credited with having launched Ed Sheeran's career after giving him his first record label, as well as signing Stormzy and Rita Ora, released in a statement in response to his departure. It is with great sadness that today I announce I'm stepping down as the president of Atlantic Records UK. Seven years at a birthday party where guests were asked to come dress as their favourite music art musical icon i came as a member of run dmc late last year rumors began to circulate about my appearance at that event many of which are simply untrue while my intention was to honor a musical hero i recognized my appearance was offensive and i had made a terrible mistake grime mc wiley who worked with cook on his 2008 hit wearing my rolex defended him on twitter Ben Cook is not a racist. Give that man back his job. And another rapper, Kojay Radical, tweeted as well. Very dumb move um, in response to the um, whole firing. Past or present, but he ain't a racist. Um, a statement from Warner Music, the parent company of Atlantic, said Ben Cook is leaving Atlantic UK. And this will be his last week in the office. What are you guys' thoughts on the whole debacle with the blackface? And yeah, UK. Okay, all right. Um, keeping it 100, I'm conflicted. Um, That's interesting. I didn't think you would be. Yeah, I am. Um, just because of this whole... I don't know how much I believe in cancel culture. And I don't know... I don't know this man well enough to say if this was just an instance of stupidity. Um, it is what he, what he did was definitely racist. But... I, I just don't I don't know about seven years ago versus now what's he like now I don't know I don't know him as a person I don't know his history um, I, I don't believe in the whole that it's in the past now it's not racist and stuff that was a racist act for mm -hmm. sure but is that enough to speak about his present character I don't know and should he have been fired for this I I, mm. I don't know like I know we there's this whole thing about the respect of black people and um people do this all the time where they they do things to us and then when we explain the issues they kind of say oh i didn't mean it in that way he's come out and said i understand the issue and mm. i i realized i made a grave mistake so mm. i i i'm i'm in two minds like obviously there's a side of me that's offended that people still dress up as black people like that is a massive issue but there's a side of me that's like the human side like i've made errors in the past i'm sure everyone's made errors in the past mm. i can't believe it but you're this is your stuff. I, I I just don't know. I'm very I'm I'm kind of annoyed by the whole cancel culture and the whole going back in time to find the mistakes that people have made. That's the thing that I'm confused about because I, I don't know about you two. I still haven't actually seen the picture in question. Has it actually has it actually been made public? I don't think so. So I'm just kind of confused at why this is happening now. This bit of this party was seven years ago. Why is he getting fired now? But it's happening in Canada as well. Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Same thing. Video, I, like, I, didn't, I didn't like the no, way but how did it resurface it. though because it wasn't on the internet people dig 
Yeah. There's always someone with something. Facebook, it was a party. Like people, there's always something. Yeah, but how come it hasn't leaked to the public, this picture? Maybe someone actually didn't put two and two together. Like if that makes sense in terms of the person, maybe it got into the wrong hands. Like it could have just been someone's daughter on Facebook or someone's like whatever. And then they're like, oh, mom, you know, that's the, and then like, you know, things can blow up at any time. I'm just confused at that, like how this was seven years ago, but only now is that like- What are your thoughts on the actual event though? Should he have been fired? Is it, what, what what do you um, think overall? I mean, I guess if it happened like last week, because when this first broke, I thought this happened like last week. Mm. Then I read another article. Oh, this was seven years ago. I was like, oh, okay. And that's why I was like, okay, Stormzy being Stormzy by friends leave. Okay, but, all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but your your ex girlfriend. But anyway, um, you know, yeah. You wanted to quit the label, but you do want to quit your ex girlfriend who was, you know doing some questionable things but all right all right so they're broken up now you know yeah because he cheated apparently anywho so um uh yeah i mean if it happened last week then by all means you know get rid of him or whatever but my whole thing is it's like okay seven years ago now i'm assuming he's you know learned the errors of his ways and maybe read a richard Wright essay or something i don't know but the thing is we'll never know that's the thing. Like, but could, saying that, yeah. One, how do you still not know that blackface is 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 racist and offensive? But secondly, Atlantic Records has a very very high concentration of black artists on your roster, so you're working with black artists a lot. To working with black managers a lot. Mm. Where? How did you not? Like, if you're working at fucking, <laughs> let's say, what's Relentless Records? Let's say that you know. Relentless or Excel or Ministry of Sound, perfect Ministry of Sound. <laughs> if you're working there, all right. But you're going to Atlantic Records, and even in terms of the UK office, historically, Atlantic Records, the worldwide has has a, has a high concentration. This was the very company that Ray Charles mm. and Aretha Franklin got mm. their breakthrough. So as a, a historically US UK, regardless of the the terrain. It has a very high concentration and history of black artists. So how could you, you're so in the culture, quote unquote, but hey, I'm going to drop as Run DMC and color my face. It's like you could have just dressed up as Run DMC. Like you could just mm. buy, the, buy the outfit on Amazon and that's it. Yeah. Mm. That's literally, no one asked you to go to do spray tan yeah. or get some brown paint or whatever. Like no one, like you just literally could have just done it. Mm. And like case in point, <laughs> I don't really want to use this woman as an example because she's an insect, but Miley Cyrus. So... She dressed up as Lil Kim a few years ago. She she just did the outfit. She just did the outfit, and then you know that's fine. Mm. Just do the outfit, do the wig, do the dress, the mm. the the out uh, the top and the bottom. That's it. That's fine. Where I don't know why. Okay, I've now got to finish this look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me go get some brown paint. <laughs> So it's funny because it's actually so true. Like I don't get what goes people yeah. through people's heads when they yeah. want to dress as black people and they paint their face just, black. Just dress, just <laughs> just wear the outfit. Yeah, like just wear the outfit. Like that's like no one say you can't dress up as Run DMC. Like they have a very, they have you know strong iconography. So of course you know dress up as them. But like you didn't have to paint yeah, your face definitely and your hands. Definitely, <laughs> no, I agree. So those are my thoughts and um, oh Wiley, oh, oh Wiley. <laughs> and Koji, you don't talk in generals, but so this is why you came to speak. <laughs> like, you, like you generally mind your business. 
you know, I love you. You're a great artist. You're a great performer. Your new album is really good. Like, you generally don't speak ever about anything. But this is why yeah. you decided to speak. This. this. Like, you didn't even want to comment on Brexit or anything. But you wanted to discuss. Someone <laughs> yeah. just was run DMC. But okay. Mm. All right. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I just think black people are way too forgiving. Like, the fact that we're even having this debate, like, eff it, he's got privilege, he's white, he's a man, you'll get another job, you're rich, you've got a house, you've probably got a wife, you've got kids, don't give a shit. Um, and leverage. Why are we debating this? Why as black people do we always have to do this? Oh, we should forgive them. Oh, it was seven, seven years ago was 20 fucking 12. No, but we're not saying seven they should be forgiven Seven years ago though. was 2012. Like it was 2012. No, but no, we're but, not saying- we're No, not but s- it's not about him being forgiven. It's like, you're saying about the council coach thing. I don't give a shit. Seven years ago was twenty fucking twelve. But it's not. No, but we're, it we're still saying it's bad though. Landscape. No, I know you guys are, but I'm just saying for people. I've seen people debating it as well. Like, oh, and for the people in the article as well, the artists in the article, like, seven years ago was not the Stone Age, guys. Like, blackface had still had its political consequences. You know, he did not. I don't think personally. We don't know, or we do know, but I don't care. Shopee just made the point about it being a big black label. It was still a big black label in 2012. Yep, 100%. You didn't respect black people. That's it. And I don't care. Like, the fact that I personally don't care. Seven years ago was 2012. Pay for your mistakes because black people have had to pay for their mistakes throughout Mm. history. And if it was the roles were reversed... I'm telling you now, no one would give a shit. Mm-hmm. No one would give a shit. Mm-hmm. If Stormzy had yelled, you fucking cracker in Atlantic Records thing, and I'm not using the cracker as an offensive term here, I'm using it in the context for people who are listening who want to try and cancel me or whatever. But if, if Stormzy said, you fucking cracker and walked in, I'm telling you, there would be a protest to try and get his label deal revoked or some shit like that. No, like people need to pay the consequences because black people face the plight all too often cancel culture completely get what Eden's saying about the online thing and all this kind of bullshit whatever i think is a personal decision like you can cancel someone on a personal level do what you want to do how you morally feel about it i'm exercising my moral right to say that i don't give a shit like he mm. pay for your consequences you've got the money you were the president of the label you will be fine you're not going to become a beggar on road pay the actions for your consequences and find a new job which you will they'll secretly give you a job somewhere else you won't be listed you will get another job (laughs) trust me he's probably signing a deal he's probably signed a deal like literally on wednesday but (laughs) like i don't even need to think about other races i don't want to think about them i don't i just don't give a shit like you did blackface just like justin trudeau is facing canadian um re-election right now Fuck you. That's it. Like you mm. fake you did you dressed in blackface. You at one point you didn't respect black people. Um and the fact is, if you really did respect black people and you really were sorry about it, you would have come public on your own accord. Seven or there would ago. have been stories about you in the label apologizing to your colleagues. I've seen none of that this week. If Justin really cared the same way. He would have apologized to his people in uh, in his industry or his peers and family and friends that are black. You didn't care. You only cared because it came public. And that's the thing. Actions speak louder than words. 
actions speak louder than words. And if people came out and said he apologized, it would be completely different circumstances. I'd be like, you know what, guys? There's a bit of a history here of him saying sorry and reaching out behind the scenes. People have come out, even if it's one or two in the woodworks, you know? But there's nothing. So I can't care. I can't. Good luck finding a new job. Good luck on your yacht, which you're on right now. That's that's it, you know. Good luck on your yacht, which you're on right now. That's that's all I care about it. And with that, I'm moving on. Unless anyone has a rebuttal, I'm just thinking about the entire argument because I get everything you're saying, um, and the idea that when black people do things, we don't get the same second chance and stuff. I hundred percent understand that. I just think in this situation, and in most situations, I'm just unsure. I'm I'm not sure that cancel culture. <laughs> As a system, is something that really works anymore. Um, I don't Cancel culture never worked. It doesn't actually work in terms of people thinking it properly works. Like properly, properly, properly. The only, the only instance. Wait, 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 actually, let, me, let me finish my point. Go on, go on, go on. Um, so, in terms of cancel culture, I don't know if it actually exists anymore. Um, and as Nick just said, I don't think it's ever existed. But I just question, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just me try, hoping for the best in people. But I would hope he's mm. not the same person that he was seven years ago. And like I said, it was a racist act. Mm. It is racist. Um, I'm not saying that it's not racist. But at the same time, I'm just saying like, maybe I'm just tired of it all. Maybe that's all <laughs> it is. I'm just tired of it being a continual thing all the time. I'm not saying he should be forgiven for it or anything like that. But currently as it stands, I think people can change. So mm. if he had to lose his job to learn a lesson, that's the main thing that's good. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying that he may not be a racist anymore. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying, but I don't know. That's fine. And I think this is a healthy conversation because this proves my point. Cancel culture isn't a holistic thing. It's an individual choice. So my individual choice is to, I don't give a shit about him. Like, I really don't. Like, mm -hmm. I don't give a shit positive. I don't give a shit negative. You disrespected me and that's it. You're fired. You know, you will. And my thing is, with this council culture thing, I always think of what is the likelihood of the person still getting on in life? Fine, he's going to be fine. He is a white man who's done a lot as a president on a label. He is going to get a back end deal somewhere and get a job. You know how privilege works. He literally will not be starving on the streets. He will literally get another job. Even if it's not at the same exec level, it might be a tear down, it might be a two tears down, whatever. He will still feed his kids if he has some or feed himself or his wife or whoever, his mum, he will still be able to feed himself and his peers who he loves. I don't think he will be at the marginalized entries of society because of this comment and because of what happened. He faced a very public firing, great. Give it a couple months if he doesn't get a job this week and he will find something. He is a white man in a white supremacist society. He will win. That's it. Mm. That's why I just don't care because he will get on in life again. If it was a fact of, oh, it's either that or he'll be a, something on the street for 10 years, then maybe I might be like, okay, let's just demote him three levels or some shit or some other shit. But at this point in this structure, in this society where it's not balanced, where if it was my kind, you know, that's what's going to happen because we only get literally one chance, most of us. I can't care because I just know that he's going to be fine. He is going to be fine, literally. But I see your point. I get you're trying to see the best in humanity. If this was a fair, structured 
normal society where race had truly been deconstructed and we had moved on and it was truly moved on and equality existed, then maybe I would have something else to say. But the structures are currently nowhere near the balance line. So I can't, I can't. I just personally, in this particular example, I just can't care because it was 2012. That's it. I'm sorry. But I'm moving on unless any of you guys have a rebuttal again to Lizzo. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Right. Lizzo, the drama continues. I feel like this season has been the Lizzo season, to be honest. But plagiarizing, truth hurts, you know the drill, you know what happened. There's an update. <laughs> so obviously the lyrics in question is I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm hundred percent that bitch. Okay. Right, so another plagiarism claim for her hit song, Truth Hurts, has been raised. The accusation this time comes from producer Justin Raisin and his brother Jeremiah Raisin, who shared a receipt-filled video on Instagram showing Lizzo working with them on another song which was titled Healthy from 2017. Lizzo can be heard on this song, apparent song, saying, I just did a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that bitch. So the same lyrics. I'm going to read out the caption. So the whole caption, it's not long. I can get through it. The truth about truth hurts. On April eleventh, two thousand seventeen, we wrote a song called "Healthy" with Lizzo, Jesse St. John, and Yves. How do you pronounce that? Yves, Yves, Yves. Is it Yves? Yves. 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 Thank you, Yves Rothman at our studio. I just took on DNA. I feel like I've said this so many times. It turns out I'm hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, this thing is going to kill me at the end of the year. Was taken from Healthy and used in Truth Hurts. We were never contacted about them being credited in the use of the parts of Healthy, melody, lyrics and chords that appear in Truth Hurts. After reaching out to Ricky Reed and Lizzo's team about fixing it, we put the song in dispute in 2017 when it came out. We've tried to sort this out um, quietly for the past two years, only asking for 5% each, but was shut down every time. We're coming forward publicly to family, friends, artists and colleagues. Uh, and it seems to be the only way at this point in relieving sorry some of the emotional distress caused by this last thing we want to do is throw any negativity toward Liz's momentum and movement as a cultural figure if we believe in what she's preaching believing in ourselves and our own voices is something we thought she'd understand shout out to singer Mina Lioness who we spoke about before for tweeting I just did a DNA test turns out 100% that bitch that is a mouthful a meme of that came in our writing session and inspired the lyric so they admit the meme came um, and the lyric and melody we wrote together so if Ricky and Lizzo's team Team decide to settle this dispute with us we would like to share some of the proceeds to Mina and for her influence on Healthy. The clip and videos and photos from the day we wrote Healthy are shared above along with the comparisons between the two works. All love Justin and Jeremiah Raisin. So that is what has gone on. Yes what are you guys' thoughts on yeah the developments Lizzo is yet to respond what do we think? 100% that big. You're going first this time. I'm exhausted by the story. I don't care anymore. That's um, my thoughts. All right, so I'll go. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just glad it's finally getting to a point where it seems like um, Mina finally has a case. I was a bit skeptical to begin with, with the whole, will she be able to claim this? Because obviously I did believe it was stolen. I said mm. this on the episode with John. Um, and I was just a bit skeptical because I didn't know if she would be able to battle such a giant like Lizzo um I was a bit afraid of the fact that people can just come to Twitter and just take what you've written and stuff like that so mm -hmm. I'm glad that more information is coming out again Kanye West moment Lizzo doesn't care about black women 
Um, fuck Lizzo. That's me. Okay. Man, shout out to Table for Three for their lovely um, nickname, Fluty Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, um, my thoughts on this situation. I don't want to hear about it in 2020. I want it to be resolved in the next couple months because I'm tired of the back and forth. I just want people to get their 5%. Mina to get some contribution. If it's decided that, she, you know, she deserves some. Obviously, our, our eyes, we clearly see what has gone on. I'm just tired of seeing that lyric. Okay? Because I didn't take a DNA test. <laughs> so, there's that. I don't have the funds for that. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, that's it, guys. Um, let's move on. Mina, we love you. That's it. Can I just say, that must have been really fucked, that whole situation. Like, imagine... From what? Mina's perspective. Yeah, imagine you're just sitting in your living room. Like, you're just enjoying your life. And then a song comes on the radio. And you're like, wait, didn't I... Didn't I tweet it? Didn't I write this in 2017? Like, for me, I'd be, I'd be pissed as well. But I just can't imagine that. That would be wild. Mm. And then you can't buck her because it's not an artist like it's not a London artist. You can't buck her at a show and just be like, "Hey, <laughs> stole my lyrics, bitch! I'm the hundred percent that bitch." You know, you didn't take the DNA test, but you sold the DNA test from me. But um, you could, yeah, you can't buck because if it was London, you know, London artist, I'm gonna buck you at a show. Do you know what? You know, I'd get be your PR. It's good. We good. I'd just be offended because it's a shit song. That's why I'd be offended. Yeah, it's not good. It's not even a good song. I don't like Lizzo's music. Lizzo and Megan Trainer. You know that hand mm. emoji where they're shaking hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the collab album? I just, because please no. Make exactly no. the same music and it's but shit. But Megan Trainer's done it anyway. It's shit. She's she's been it's done. shit. So Lizzo did some spells to now replace her. Basically, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still confused why she was in Hustlers playing a flute. I don't want to think of that image. So <laughs> let's not bring it up. Um, but Lizzo, darling, lovely. I don't want to ever buck you. I don't want to ever buck you because it might be a cussing match on behalf of me now. But um, babes, you know, make better music. Don't steal this time. Um, but you probably stole from many other songwriters during the process. If this is just one little tweet, I'm sure songwriters aren't getting paid when they're in the session. So... Many court cases to come, potentially. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to see a mugshot. Do you think and, it's going to get that far? Well, I want to see a mugshot. Of <laughs> I'd love to see that. Um, anyway, lovely. I'm going to move on. Freddo, mm. Northwest Gang Gang. We love you. Is he from Northwest? He is. Oh, Queen's Park, isn't he? He is. He's from ENDS. You're mm. in ENDS. Splurting the cash. Putting the seatbelt on for the cash. We love safe money. You know, I'm not going to mention anything else. What a waste, I don't man. know where it came from, but, you know, How anyway, old are you? Um, and I love Freddo, you know, his, his his actual videos online. He's a funny cat. Freddo, you know, the music, I'm not quite convinced, but a Northwest lad who's funny. But now you've just, you've done it again. You've done it again. So, funky Friday rapper Freddo was spotted by fans being stopped by the police. Just minutes after he shared on Snapchat, don't know why you're still using that app, but Snapchat showing off a bundle of cash. Now that, why is he doing that? In his initial Snapchat, 
Fredo says, I can't afford to bump into no hating police on high road today, you know, as he straps the money in to his front seat of his Range Rover that he's driving. Just minutes later, videos began to surface across social media of Fredo having been spotted by the police before eventually being led away. The rapper was in Hatton Garden area of London, which is known for its many jewellers. And Fredo regularly shares videos of himself shopping in the area. In a statement, the police confirmed two men have been arrested following a proactive vehicle stop by officers in Hatton Green, EC1, at the hours of 2.03 on Wednesday, the 16th of October. The vehicle was searched and a quantity of cash has been recovered. The driver of the vehicle, a 24-year-old man, was arrested on suspicion of possession of criminal property. A 27-year-old man was also arrested on suspicion of possession of an offensive weapon, theft, and making threats to kill. Both men remain in custody pending ongoing inquiries. What do we think of Fredo? I think these UK rappers need to remember that they have white fans because there is there's a correlation behind you showing your exact location and then getting stopped by the police. Like either the police are following you on Snapchat or your white fans are snitching. White bitch, she can get a nice whenever that comes up. I love the skeptical line. But I I do think they need to be careful and I'm a bit like I get it's part of his like stick or shtick or whatever it is. Mm. Like I get that whole thing about like Fredo is this rapper that makes a lot of money. He's, he's always on Snapchat talking mm. about how much money he's making and stuff like that. But they need to be careful because mm. like there is a behind the scenes to this with Fredo as well and the life that he used to live and the life that he currently lives and stuff mm-hmm. and the people he associates with. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully this is a lesson for UK rappers in general. If you floss to your white followers, the police are probably watching as well. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing a story about um, Ah, uh, who was it? It was ah, uh, what was his name? Um, wait, say your point and it'll come back to me in a sec. Um, so I don't care about the story either, but <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm I'm just like I just cringed at you actually. First of all, why are you even carrying like fifty grand like that? Like, why is that? Like, why are you just carrying that around? And then, oh, I'm gonna put it in the seat next to me and give it a seat but I was like well how old are you <laughs> like okay you have money you've come up in the world okay like because that's not and he's done that before i just look at him i was like okay like all mm. right you have money like cool it's like why are you just carrying it around like, in the car like it's like <laughs> fucking like you just bought a new pair of trainers it's like leave it in the account use your debit card like all the rest of us take what you need like why is it just there in your car <laughs> Like, I'm sure you weren't going to spend it today. It's like, oh, I'm just going to just drive around. Like, like, it's your fucking girlfriend or some shit. Like, oh, let me just see. Oh, how old are you? Do you know what, though? Like, so many rappers, the baby does it's this dumb, every dumb. No, day. and it's dumb, too. It's dumb. dumb every yeah, day. it's dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's dumb. I like Fredo, okay? Like, it's funny to me. Well, it's I just not funny, the parking scene. I just don't like, understand why rappers, rappers do that. I saw someone do it a few weeks ago on Instagram. Just put the phones, the fake money phones there. It's like, grow up, nigga. It's just like, 
Shopee's not there for the luxury just, antics. Okay, so it's just, co- it's just the story corny. I was thinking of was nines. Like, what a waste, man. Oh, nines. Oh, I, I like him. Yeah, I like nines as well. But yeah. there, was was rapper, there was a situation that I remember hearing about where nines was at a show and there was this, like, either drunk guy or this guy on drugs or something like that. And nines looked at him. He was like, You're a police officer. Like, I can tell you're not actually drunk right now. And he just kept speaking, and the guy was pretending to be drunk. So these rappers was definitely, he actually a police officer? Though? I don't know the end of that story, oh. but I imagine that they probably recognise police officers. To yeah, be honest. that's easy. And the body movements is really easy. But like, yeah, UK rappers, be careful because <coughs> these police officers are watching you. They, oh yeah, they are hundred percent watching you. Mm-hmm. The surveillance. Yep. Yeah, like, come on, like, remember when they used to ban grime? But yeah, come on, like, they're watching us. They, we black. Any with a drop of color, they watched us. But fifty k um, in the in the seat next to him is dumb. Just I mad moist. Just, <laughs> I, I did laugh at the snap, not because I'm laughing with him. I'm laughing at him. just like Fredo. Come on, fifty k, you know. But if H did it, he's not gonna get arrested, is he? He's gonna get, you know. <laughs> How do we get water hit? gun emojis? <laughs> we love it. H, I was gonna say know, I love black clear water. H, I love know. black Twitter. Like I retweeted H2O. from the group account. I retweeted from the group account, but someone did. Um, like I think someone quote tweeted like Krypton Conan, and it was like H and his friends. There was like this one white kid in the school in like a black football team. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Manchester. I was going to say, Black Twitter, you guys are just incredible. You're just amazing. There's there's a great, sorry to interrupt, but there's a great interview with Chucky Lovian from Halfcast and H, which is on, I think, Radio Capital Extra or something. Mm. But it's really, really good. The interview's very good. Chucky's a great interviewer. Just wanted to say that quickly. That's dope. That's what's that, you know? Um, so yeah, guys, that was done at the stands. Just to let you know, we're on Vero now. Um, so we're on, it's spelled V-E-R-O. Um, you can find it on the App Store. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. They're all under D-A-T-S-P-O-D. Um, please remember to rate the podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>